Hey, let's start the show. It's January 9th, 2014. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Hey guys, I'm Will Smith. Joining me today, Norman Chan. Wow. It's like you just woke up from the year. It's, it's or the year. I, I feel like Rip Van Winkle. It's been a while since I've done what this. What year is it? Uh, jumping in before he's been officially announced, Nathan Edwards. Hey guys. Uh, longtime listeners will know Nathan uh, as our former cohort at Maximum PC and our PC build guy, so that, as yeah. well as wire cutter contributor and whole bunch of other things, but we're in Vegas right now. We are in Vegas, woo. We're not in fun Vegas. No, we're in sad Vegas. No, we're in kind of sad, we're sitting in my hotel fun room. Fun Vegas is like going out at night. Sometimes fun in hotel rooms. Drinking, not with, not. I mean, I don't know about you, but I haven't had that much fun in hotel rooms with three dudes at nine o'clock on Thursday morning in Vegas before. 10.15. This isn't thrilling okay. to you? 10.15. It's fun, this is nice, it's, a good, know, it's they, a good outing. Didn't you see, you know, was that knocked up? Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen had have a lot of fun in their Vegas hotel room. I don't actually remember. I don't remember that. Is that the chairs? They're really high, both of them? They, no. they said every chair in this room. Did you see a room. different version of the movie? That no, no. They, there was that big, they, they both got real high. Oh, every chair in the room was different. Oh, I think you meant the chair chairs were high off the ground. The room was different. Yeah. And they stacked them. That's true. And then they watched that baby show. So it was about babies also. It was kind of relevant. It doesn't work here because we have two chairs that are exactly the same. The then I'm sitting in the exactly uncomfortable the one. Will was here last year. Uh-huh. He could have been Seth Rogen. He yeah. knocked up. Been super high? Super high. Impending baby. And also, baby. For, you know, about to have that a baby. Work. And also uh, in a Vegas hotel room with but chairs. Will was not here last year because he was about to have a baby. That's right. So I he, wasn't he, here last year. He was more responsible than Seth Rogen. It was the best CES ever. <laughs> um, so we've been at CES this week. And and if you don't know, I can't don't understand why you're listening to this podcast. But uh, it's the Consumer Electronics like Show. Yeah, well, yeah. okay, they do like Adam. Adam's only been on this podcast once or twice, though. So but he has his own podcast. Like, there's 200 episodes of nonsense, and then two episodes of Adam. So, um, and he does have his own show also, which will be back. I think I hope next week, or if not next week, the week after. We um, we got off track with that because of a tour and vacations and Christmas and all that stuff. So anyway, happy New Year! Happy New Year, Yay. guys! Uh, how was your break, Norm? Um, it's good. Did you go anywhere? Do you do anything fun? See some family, eat food. My family's in the city, eat food I okay. eat every day. Okay, did you go see some movies? Saw a bunch of movies. Uh, we talk about movies. Oscar bait? It was a bunch of Oscar bait. Did you I see guess. serious business movies? Oscar bait is serious business movies. Well, but I mean, there's also serious, I mean, business. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I, so I saw three movies over the break, four movies over the break, but all Oscar movies. Uh, American Hustle, which is fantastic. That movie was great. I haven't um, seen it. You should watch really it. good. It's on my list. Uh, Double-sided in, in, tape is the star of that movie. Uh, Will's referring to. Uh, Adam's I, you don't have to explain. Look dress. There are a lot. Uh, of... I, I aware, I'm aware of how double-stick tape is usually used in wardrobes. Yeah. Yes. To, to, to conceal. Um, saw Inside Lewin Davis. Oh, mm -hmm. I want to see is, that. Uh, the Coen Brothers. I'm gonna loop back to that in just a second. Uh, saw Inside uh, Saving Mr. Banks, which I thought was terrible. Do you like Mary Poppins or not I love so much? Mary Poppins. Okay. And what I wanted was a good, 
You wanted Finding Don, Neverland, but for uh, Mary Poppins? I think it, I think that's what the movie tried to be, and I wanted a documentary about the making of Mary Poppins. Yeah. As opposed to the, the through the lens of Disney. Right. Uh, mm. Tom Hanks, likable, but he's, is is no Disney. What was the last no Tom Hanks Disney. movie you liked? Uh, Castaway. Which one? Forrest Gump. It's intentional. It's fuck off. Castaway well, was Forrest okay. Gump, as we learned at it's, ACES. It's well established that well I don't like Forrest Gump. That, um, I don't like the idea that a... a Careful. No, I wasn't going to say anything bad. <laughs> I was just... I, I just... I don't like the a idea southern that... southern man. Yes. A man from the south. A ping pong lover. I'm, I'm just offended I'm the by the idea now. that anyone can bumble into changing the course of 21st century history you over know, and over there again. There are many Just by being done. very nice. Oh, see, by being a total asshole, yes. Many people have done I, that. I Nixon, don't... Kissinger... Inadvertently is the yeah. problem I have with it, not yeah. the fact that it's that no, it's, but not by being nice, right? It, you don't, it, it, yeah. it sends the message it's better to be nice than smart or work hard, which seems like a bad message. I don't to think send he had the option to be smart, and he, I think he worked hella hard. Sometimes he worked he hard. Worked, Sometimes he just did shit by he accident. Worked so hard. Did you see how the fishing he did for shrimp? Yeah, the Bubba oh, Gump shrimp. Well, that was the yes, least impactful he thing ran he did. So much, but you still see Bubba Gump he restaurants. So many people. We do. Um, okay, so <laughs> and uh, the, the other movie I saw was uh, my favorite movie of the year, 2014, uh, Her. Oh, oh yeah, the Siri movie. Fantastic. Oh, it's not Siri. I completely dismissive of the movie based on the trailer and you walked really... out of that movie uh, complete 180. I could not praise it more. Mo- emotionally moved by the film? Oh, very. Really? Very. By Sp- I mean, Spike Jones like hasn't is, traditionally done emotionally affecting. What are you kidding me? I mean, he, that's all he does. Yeah. Adaptation. Oh, okay, adaptation. Yeah, you're right. And also, um, Being John the Malkovich. Yeah. Okay. 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 No, movie. His his movies are <clears throat> weird and affecting. That's true. Affecting is like. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Okay. Um, and yeah. it's a science fiction movie uh, in a in the best way possible. I don't want to say anything more than that. Okay, that's exciting. I, I can only it, recommend. If you can get past the idea that it's a world where you know it's Walking Phoenix, right? It's Walking Phoenix. Okay. You know, incredible performance. Uh, I recommend watching it in theater because um, Scarlett Johansson's voice being piped all around you in the theater helps. Probably very soothing. Yes, and also it makes sense in the context of the movie because she's yeah, she's to like a disembodied voice, yeah. Okay. So it's not very like directional. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Uh, we watched American Hustle, which I, I agreed it was really good. Um, it's a very fun movie, American Hustle. Yeah, yeah it, have a lot of fun with American. Hustle. It's a, it's almost like a heist movie, a caper movie. But, yeah, but the, there's not really much of a caper. Um, it's conning the con man. Uh, but the the thing I wanted to tie into was Inside Lewin Davis, which uh, if you guys heard this week, there was a big hubbub over the promotion of that movie. No. no. Is this more of a Simple oh, Man the, 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 Coen the, Brothers movie or more of a farce? It's more of a Simple, more of a simple, simple Man. Okay. Straight, straight movie with great music. Okay. Um, A.O. Scott of the New York Times mm. uh, loved the movie. Mm-hmm. He's New York Times uh, movie reviewer. And he tweeted out that uh, just a random personal tweet. He said, you know, sorry American Hustle and sorry some other, like, uh, other movie. I'm going to put on the soundtrack to Inside Lewin Davis. Um, Fairly Well, My Lovelies, or something. That's like one of the songs of the movie. So right. his praise for the movie. and But he really was just praising the soundtrack. Well, uh, he was using the soundtrack to, to, to praise the movie. Okay, fair enough. The soundtrack, it's, like, it's almost like a musical. Yeah. Uh, in that the, the, the movie is framed by these songs, these folk songs. Mm-hmm. Um, very traditional folk songs, remastered. Come Brothers like folk songs. They're, they're heart of America. Long history of that. Um, 
in that sense, it's very much like "Oh, brother, where art thou?" in, in, in the mm-hmm. musical aspect of it. Uh, the production company, the studio who produ- uh, who released Inside Lewin Davis, um, decided to use that tweet in an advertisement, that singular tweet in a full-page advertisement, in the New York Times, mm-hmm. to for, promote for, the for movie, promote the movie, yeah. and to promote Oscar voters and Golden Globe voters, um, and asked A.O. Scott if they could use it. He said no. Yeah. He felt uncomfortable with the situation. They just just to be clear, usually when somebody wants to use a, if you're a professional reviewer, typically people ask permission or clearance to use a to quote. you or your publisher. you or your publisher. Or your editor to use a quote in a, any type of advertisement or marketing material. Which is right. both a courtesy um, and so that you can, you know, verify that they aren't quoting you out of context. Because you could say, you know, is this the best movie ever? No, in the article. And then they would just take out the best movie ever, right. put it on the poster, and you know, and, and you look like a jackass. Yeah. Um, so, so they asked permission, no. he said no. They did it anyway. Oops. And it was a full-page ad just with, in, according to, they used Twitter's formatting for tweets. Right. So it had his, had his logo or his, his avatar. It has the that. retweet button under there on the paper. It's real silly. Yep. So it's basically a screenshot. Kind of, yeah. But they Except changed. they changed the wording of the tweet. Oh, really? To remove the mentions of Wolf, on Wall, Wolf of Wall Street and American Hustle. Uh, probably good form. They didn't yeah. want to bring attention to other movies, and also they didn't want to diss the other movies yeah. outright in, uh, in their ad. Um, okay, the so... The point is, yeah. uh, the executive who runs that studio uh, was reached out by the New York Times and did not apologize at all. Well, He said that they had every right to use that tweet, uh, every uh, once you tweet it out, you it's in it's in it's the a tr- world. it's a public statement. Is there and their take. Uh, they paid for the ad? They paid seventy thousand dollars for a full page ad. Wow! Times. Who says print is dead? And it's it's absolutely right. And his own the only thing he would apologize for is that they because it was framed in the whole Twitter style. You know, even with down to the reply, retweet, favorite buttons mm-hmm. in the ad, is that they didn't make it a MT. A modified tweet. A modified tweet. They didn't call out that it was a modified tweet. Wow. And so then, and then Twitter practice. Twitter came out and said, "Look, once you if it's a, if you have a public account and it's a public tweet, there's nothing we can do." Right. Which um, makes sense. But Twitter's terms and conditions also say that content may not be used in advertising without prior consent. Of Twitter or of the account owner? I'm not of Twitter exactly is the sure. weird thing about it. Mm. It's it's a real interesting situation. I is I wonder if they're gonna if there's gonna be a lawsuit or if it's just gonna be, disappear and no one's gonna talk about this again in six months. So it I don't think it's gonna be a lawsuit. I think A.O. Scott was very disappointed that his editors did not reach out to him and they did not talk about it before it happening. Oh, so did they reach out to his editor, his editorial team, or to him? For they the reached quote? out to him personally. Oh, and he said no, and then they just told the ad people run the ad. Cause oh, because it's his publication, too. Because it's his publication. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oof. But, I mean, the ad edit divide. It's not like they would be like, hey, can you give us feedback on this uh, ad? At some point, you would hope that somebody in the, up the publishing chain would say, hey, are we sure we want to do this? And then they'd say, oh, you know, 70 grand is really nice. Let's not ask him and move yeah. along the way. Yeah, I mean, that's real That's real weird. Um, did anything else happen over the break? Is news newsworthy? Or do we want to just jump straight into CES stuff? It was The Hobbit. Uh, what about The Hobbit? The Did you movie see The Hobbit? Out. Yeah. Was it good? It was The Hobbit. Was the dragon there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you, did you watch it in 48 frames per second? No. I don't play that way. 
What? Did you watch the first one in 48 frames a second? No. It was really nice. It looked like a European soap opera. There's some theaters where you could go to the theater and, and say, give me the most expensive tickets to The Hobbit, and it will not be the one with 48 frames per second. Because it's 3D. Why would you ever go to a movie theater and say, give me the most if, if you expensive see thing you've got? Because the 48 FPS isn't well um, They don't market it, yeah. At yeah. some theaters in the marquees. Mm. And so you assume the one that's the most expensive is going to be that one. But it turns out it's like either a D-Box version or some oh, Century Theater. D-Box Hobbit. Uh, Century Theater thing. Uh, interesting. You know, some, some, some extra sound fake IMAX thing. Um, Give me your finest ticket. I, I was going to stuff it inside your second finest movie. Um, <laughs> I watched most of the Fast and the Furious series over the break. Up through six? No, I only made it to four before the break ran out. So I have the other two that will be watched soon. Is but, there... Um, they're much better than I expected, except for the second one, which is really, really, really bad. I'm I'm mostly upset that they didn't keep the naming convention. So like Fast and the Furious, Two Fast, Two Furious, Three Fast, Three Furious. Oh. That would have been ideal. I don't think the second one takes place in canon for the series, does it? Absolutely. Do you know, is it? It's all a dream, isn't all, it? No. Everyone, a ton of people in the second one, Tyrese. It, oh, does he come back eventually? Oh, how far are you? I'm at through four. Oh, okay. You gotta watch five. You can't. You you are not well positioned to talk about this conversation. Okay. Well, then I'll watch the next two and we'll talk about it next two week. Two is absolutely. Is there, is there an expanded universe for uh, there Fast is and no, the Furious? You know what? It's probably fan fiction. I don't think there's gotta be fan executives fiction. Executives call it expanded universe <laughs> franchise opportunities. Maybe are there graphic spin-off, novels? Spinoff novels. Vin drove the car fast. He drove through a cave. Doesn't there matter if you. you Peter a mile, winning's winning. Those uh, those those movies are great, really good, real dumb. Um, let's talk about CES. Yes, let's. So um, this is we're recording this on Thursday morning. We're I think all of us are done with CES at this point. We're I'm CES our next stop out. is an airplane. Yeah. Um, what did you guys see that was that you liked? Nathan, I'll start with you. The hard stuff, huh? Yeah, hard, right to the heart. Yeah, distance. I mean, okay, yeah. so here's the th- If you've been following CS coverage at all, you know that there are a shitload of fitness devices, you know, fitness trackers, the things you put on your wrist or put in your jeans pocket or Mostly clip on your bra or whatever. I don't know. Everybody's making one. It seems like all the people that were making ebook readers and MP3 players three and seven years ago, respectively, are now making fitness trackers. But even more and people Bluetooth than that. speakers. Yeah. Yeah. Like Epson has a couple fitness trackers. Razer has a Razer fitness has tracker. a fitness tracker. It, but the Razer one is actually it's actually a little bit more interesting because it's also it also has some kind of smartwatchy stuff. So it'll tell you that you're getting a text and things like that. Oh, okay. So I, I mean I don't know. I mean with, with the fitness trackers, a lot of what makes them good is going to have to do with the software side. Yeah. And most of the people that I see making fitness trackers are not probably good at software. If I had right. to guess. Well, Epson, you know. God. Imagine I mean, the people that, from the great. people who brought you printer drivers that are 300 yeah. megabytes. Oh boy. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, there's a lot of crap, and there's a lot of weird stuff. Norm, you wrote a good thing yesterday about bendable and curved TVs, uh, and and you spent more time grilling the people at Samsung, I think, than I did. I couldn't get any of them to explain to me in any words that that mean things why you would want a curved TV. It's ultimate immersive viewing experience. Yeah, they just kept saying it was more immersive. And and you finally got them. So curved TVs, they are, they are literally, it's a screen that if you look at it, instead of going flat up against the wall, both of the sides pop out 
maybe three or four inches, depending on the size of the TV. Yeah. But it's not just like at the edges. It's no, it's curved. It's, it's a it's gentle curve throughout the whole thing. Consistent curve. Um, but it seems like it. It seems like that would dramatically increase glare after I've actually seen them in person. Yeah. Um, if you have any kind of backlighting in the room that you you're shooting in, it's like a satellite dish for your light glare. Oh, parabolic reflector. Jesus, it's such a bad idea. Um, and, and then Norm, you got them to tell you what the optimal viewing distance was for a couple of sets. The 65-inch set, which I think is, like, in a real world, the upper end for what people are going to have in their living room is, is I think, 60, 65 inches, yeah. right? I mean, right sure. now. The bigger, the bigger TVs are going to be super expensive for Most people, people probably have, like, 50-inch 50, 50 is, is, is I, most people's homes. I'm talking about 65 is the extreme upper end of yeah. what's normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, 77. LG is 77-inch. Yeah, that's not normal. But that's going to be yes. 10 sure. grand, okay, right? Sure. Yeah. So, so how far can you sit, do you have to sit from a from a sixty five inch curved TV to be in the optical sweet spot? So it feels immersive and surrounds you, and and the curve matters. About six feet, six and a half feet. That's pretty close to a big That's ass TV. Pretty close. So it's a it's a uh, let's see sixty divided by twelve. Well, is think about also five. in those boots, everyone is standing about six feet. Right. Yeah. At most from those. Because they're narrow boots. Right. Well, yeah. and if you're standing much further away from that, you can't tell that it's curved, really. Yeah. Um, so the the thing that they did say is that the edges, the image at the edges is a little bit clearer than on a flat panel. Right, because it's equidistant from your eyes from the center. They're out of their minds. Like, yes. I, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine having a room that you want to say, okay, let's take four inches off of one wall by jamming, I mean, maybe if your TV lives in a corner and you don't care about how the sound is or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's a it's a real weird product. The bendable TV that Samsung, I think, did LG have a bendable one as well or just Samsung? LG had, uh, no. Uh, LG it just has curves, I think, LG don't they? LG had one that was kind of bendable. Like, you can change the curve. It didn't go from flat to curve. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, changing the curve actually kind of makes sense because then you can adjust where the sweet spot is based on what your room is like. Yeah. Then that means you have to calibrate your TV to your room, which because your eyes are round. Does that make it's, sense? Yeah, your totally. Eye, your eyes are round. It's a so, point focus. So point is focus. My, the sun is round. Look at look all around you. <laughs> Apple stuff all has curves look on it, man. You. True. There's no there's no look right angles you. in nature. Around you, no angles. Uh, no, my theory, and we were talking about this at dinner yesterday. Um, basically, both the bendable and the curve thing. It's just you know they came up with a product in their R and D lab, a panel that curves. So like, yeah. how can we sell this? They, they, they're, they're fitting, the, they're trying to make demand for something that they can do rather than, they're not responding to the market's demand for curved TVs. I mean, I don't think there's a whole lot of demand for, for new TVs right now. No. Um, there are a lot of UHD slash kind of, I guess they're all UHD now. But there's a, the, so UHD is what we were calling 4K, is the final consumer name for yeah. the next step Next resolution up for TV. And it's like what, 3180 by 2160 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's 1938. Oh. 3800 pixels. Okay, okay, so it's double 1080p. Yes. It's 1080p. It's, it's four 1080p screens. And well, this sure. is with a 16 by yeah. 9 aspect ratio. Exactly. Um, the 4K stuff, which is what we were all calling before, is, um, is the professional resolution. Um, and that's a different aspect ratio. So it's okay, more gotcha. of a movie aspect ratio than a, than a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. This podcast would be much more interesting if there was some shit going on next door that wasn't just house cleaning. It sounds like they're vacuuming over there. Do you have the do not disturb sign on I the do. door? That's yeah. a good good move. Yeah, I just leave it on. Yeah, me too. The whole time. The, the, guess. the house keeper in? Uh, what's the weirdest sure thing you've seen while cleaning your room at CES? Exactly. Yeah. That's actually 
I've seen some AMAs on Reddit. I guess where else would they be? On like house cleaners of Reddit. What's the weirdest thing you've ever oh, found? Or... I can't even imagine here. Uh, well, another we... explanation I got was that uh, with the curved TV, the screen it looks bigger than it actually is because of the equidistant thing. So a 65-inch TV looks like it's a 70 I don't buy that I, I mean, at all. So if I was a single dude and I had a one-bedroom apartment and I just wanted to have a big fucking TV, I could see putting that and then setting my chair five five or six feet in front yeah. of that big motherfucker and sitting and playing Xbox all day. Yeah. That sounds okay to me, but I can't imagine that the most people who are buying TVs are in the, the single dude living in a one-bedroom apartment market. No. Um, the UHD stuff is a little bit more interesting, but it's still super early for that. Yeah. It's, um, it, you know, there's not any content really. Sony has a proprietary streaming service. Netflix is presumably going to have 4K streaming later this year if you're on a if you meet a ton of conditions. Um, I really worry that anybody who buys a UHD TV now is going to be in the same boat that pre-HDMI or pre-HDCP, people who bought uh, TVs that were pre-HDMI yeah. or pre-HDCP are. Because HDCP is broken as hell. Yeah, I can't imagine that the content providers are okay with shipping TVs that that ship theater quality yeah. video with no content protection on them. Or, right. And I, I, I would like to think that maybe they're smart enough to realize that that's a, a fool's errand. The ship has sailed. Yeah, but maybe, maybe I don't think that's realistic. Probably. No, so, I don't think so. Um, I mean, it's a real weird, it's a real weird situation. Yeah. And I can't imagine like those sets are going to come down in price dramatically this year. I don't think TV is an area where it. I think it's it really doesn't pay to be an early adopter in TV technologies. You know, with the last generation with the HDTVs, it kind of did because. You know, Blu-ray was I mean, sorry. DVD was readily available. Mm -hmm. Your old standard def TVs couldn't really display DVD to their to their fullest extent um, because of the way anamorphic widescreen and stuff works. Right. Um, it might have made sense there when when those TVs started getting cheaper, even before there was content. But yeah, with this, we're a long way from broadcast or cable 4K content. Um, there's no disc format. Yeah. TVs should be sold on leases. Should be the lease your TV. You think you're thinking of like rent a center? Yeah, that's oh, how they get you, you to upgrade, pay you get, you get four times as much every, for yeah. as the TV is worth. Oh, you pay thirty bucks to Comcast every month. I don't think it'll be thirty bucks. How much is a car lease? Uh, hundred to six hundred thousand, depending on what kind of car you get. And and cars are much more expensive than TVs. Say five thousand. Yeah, but the 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 period for a TV will be much shorter. A two two year lease on TV. Uh, Fifteen bucks a month. I don't want to have then, to rewire then, my entertainment center every two years. And then you, and then yeah. you, 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 I don't want to have to plug. Because you have the in. problem: if when people buy new TVs, they where's the old TV go? Uh, well, in the old days, you moved your forty-inch TV into the bedroom where you'd have a then a nice, decent-sized TV in the bedroom. But if you have a fifty-inch TV, I don't think there's any place in my house I could put a fifty-inch TV except for where it is. So I have a lot of places in my house I could put a fifty-inch TV. But you live in Middle America, where and I don't. Ha I don't even have a fifty-inch TV. I've got like a forty-inch TV. Right. It's too small for my living room. A decent human being, Nathan, is what that is. So uh, the original question, Nathan, was what's the best thing? You've yeah. Seen? What's what's uh, what did you see that was good? Nothing really earth-shattering. Just a lot of like little improvements to stuff that I liked a lot. So the Lenovo X1 Carbon is now it's Haswell-based and it can get up to a, you know, twenty-five sixty by fourteen. Uh, 40 screen. Yeah, so you, you met know. with Lenovo, and yeah. uh, they had the X1 Carbon. They also had a new Yoga 13. Yeah, so um, uh, the readers of Tested well know that we, uh, both Norm and I, are pretty big fans. We were fans of the original Yoga 13. A uh, little bit less of the uh, Yoga 2 Pro, which is the 
successor to the 13 in the sense that it's Haswell and it's got like the, it's 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 their top of the line yoga consumer yoga now, whereas the new Yoga 13 and Yoga 11 are much more mid range. They're like con more consumer oriented. So but like the it actually might be a good thing in terms of display. Yeah. Yeah, because the you know it's normal. The thirteen incher is I think it's is it sixteen by nine, sixteen hundred by nine hundred or is it ten eighty p? Okay, ten eighty p on a thirteen inch screen. Oh, is that I sounds think, great. I think that's my platonic ideal resolution for it a thirteen is. incher because yeah. you don't have to mess with Windows Display scaling. You can just have you know you can snap a window to each side and work like normally. Yeah. Whereas if you have like a thirty eight hundred by what is it uh, sixteen hundred mm -hmm. screen. Well, you got to scale everything over, 18, or you're not going to yeah. read fonts. Exactly, yeah. and basically, then you're working with the same screen, screen real estate as 1600 by 900. So, right, yeah. and as we all know, 1600 by 900 is, is a little it's just small. not enough. Yeah, no. sorry, so, MacBook Air. Um, the, the, the MacBook Air doesn't even have 1600 no, it's by 900. Six, it's 14 something by. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's low weird. resolution at this point. Yeah, but no, I mean, there were some interesting laptops. And then your your only concern with the new Yoga Two. Uh, Non-pro is that it uses a hybrid drive as opposed to yeah. SSD. Yeah, it's thicker. It's not as premium feeling. Uh, it's thicker. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's noticeably price? thicker. Yeah, it's lower price, but not that much lower. It starts at like a thousand, which is where the first Yoga 13 oh, that's, that's started. That's a lot. Yeah, but it has better battery life than the original and than the Pro actually. I think because of the lower res panel and it's thicker, so they can fit a bigger battery in it. What if it's a hybrid drive? Then it's going to have a lot more storage capacity. Yeah, it's so 500 gigs. Presumably, like acceptable as a primary computer for somebody who's not like a yeah. power user enthusiast. Yeah, somebody like who, that. for some reason, uh, you know, doesn't want to spend thirteen hundred dollars on a computer, yeah. which is a perfectly reasonable stance. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, uh, anything? So, w when you go to CS, what's your strategy? You walk around different halls, look at just kind of. Do you? I mean, I know you book meetings and stuff well, like yeah, that. Yeah, maybe like should ask Nathan what his purpose here. Is. Yeah, so you're you're here for Wirecutter. I am right? here for Wirecutter for the second year, uh, and so basically, if I'm sure our readers or our listeners are pretty familiar with the Wirecutter, but just in case, we're, uh, it's basically a buying guide for gadgets and home goods and just everything like cameras, laptops, appliances, gadgets. Baby stuff. stuff. Baby stuff, yeah. Um, homewares. Yeah. You guys do something a little different. So, uh, Wirecutter started a couple years ago by our friend of the site, Brian Lamb, who you may know from uh, Gizmodo and, and Wired and a bunch of other yeah. places over the years. Including um, interning at Maximum BC. He was, once upon yeah, a time. he was our intern a long, long time ago. Um, but you guys do very uh, kind of strenuous testing of products. You do yeah. a lot of research. You typically narrow down a, a category to a handful of products, yeah. then actually do hands-on testing with that handful of products. Yeah. So it's it's nice for me. Um, well, for us uh, basically, because we can rely on good reviewers that we know from every site. That they're the people that you know put in the the grunt work and they review every and benchmark every laptop, every SSD, every whatever. Right. And we sort of just sort of skim off the top and figure out what the good ones are, then get them into test and compare, and then write up. I think my last uh, one of my last guides was like eight thousand words. It's too long. I got to get it shorter. But basically, a buying guide. Here's what you should probably get. Here's the step down. Here's the step up. Here's like a weird alternative if you're not into that. And if you're so. afraid of eight thousand words. The gist is usually in the first two yeah, paragraphs. Yeah. The rest of it is just explaining how yeah. you reach that conclusion. Exactly. Leads are yeah. not buried. If you want the link to yeah. Amazon and you want to exactly, know yeah. what to buy, there are big links on both the top yeah. and the right side. What I was suggesting, Nathan, yesterday is just make your reviews longer, get people to buy the product, and have it <laughs> shipped from Amazon, and then break the review down so 
it takes exactly two days to read the review. Day one. So by the time you're finished reading the review and you're stoked about something that you're, you just bought, it'll be at your door and you're like, wow, I don't think you want validated. I don't think you want to challenge me to write longer. Oh, God. I think that's or not... Can, you know, break it out for day one morning, read yeah. this. And then you build a little, build a little bit of time to get excited. Read, read this secondary article at Anand or, or yeah, something yeah. like that, right? Come back, read the context, back, you yeah, know, yeah. right? And then, and then look yeah. at this chart, glossary, and then, and then footnotes. Yeah, ponder about this this thing for a couple hours, and by the end of two days, you will be primed. Yeah, to be excited. You, about you can even you just give activities that people have to do. Like yeah. before you open this, you're going to want to, you know, sharpen your box cutter. Or... Yeah. Look at your old computer. Think about how much you right. hate it. Right. Think about how good it'll feel to donate it exactly. to somebody. Find an electronics recycling center. Exactly. Right? This, yeah. uh, this URL. That's, that's practical. Do, do some prep work on and getting that, the gear set up. Here's how to back up your old data so exactly. you can move it over to the new drive. Just, just all sorts just of good stuff here. The whole experience we could do that. Right. And uh, it's yeah. soup to nuts, top to bottom. Exactly. So I'm, I'm mostly covering PC stuff for the wire cutter, uh, and you know, combination of me writing stuff and finding freelancers and having them write it. So I was looking at storage, and I was looking at networking and laptops and stuff like that. Okay. And it's it's a weird time. CES is less and less relevant for like consumer electronics. Everything. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's yeah for everything, but especially for PCs and computer stuff. And especially where it's a weird that, time of the year. Where does that stuff come out now? Do they just roll it out piecemeal throughout the year, or is it yeah. coming out at Computex and stuff like that? Uh, it, it depends. The individual components, a lot of times they'll it'll be at Computex, or um, whatever the one in uh, oh in Germany, in Germany C-Bit. is yeah, Cbit exactly. But like you know, the the architectures are like Haswell is out. Um, you know, I mean, we're halfway to whatever yeah. post Haswell is at this Broadway, right? yeah, Broadwell. But. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's 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 kind of a quiet time for PC components, and I'm even less PC component uh, focused than I was when I was here for Maximum PC. Right, and that was just wall-to-wall meetings with like case manufacturers and stuff, which is awesome, and I kind of miss it. But I kind of don't miss wall-to-wall meetings. Case ever. manufacturers. I, I mean, I love I love a good case. Yeah. I'm perfectly happy I love a to good go case. to somebody's site and yeah. be like, "This is the good one." Boom! Straight to Amazon. Here's my someone else do the work. I I, I don't Nathan, think wire cutter is going to do PC components. You it's, shouldn't do PC components. No, no. It's a little too granular. I've, I've done enough. <laughs> um, Norm, what's the best thing you saw? Uh, what's the, what's the saw, good stuff you saw? The most, I, I, think, I think there's a big difference between the best things, uh, good things, and the most interesting things. I think I saw a lot of interesting things. And, uh, I mean, curved TVs included. They're definitely interesting. Yeah, They're worth talking I, about. I, that's exactly why I want to see them. And uh, but the best thing, the, the good thing, is the, the Oculus Rift. Uh, the Oculus, I don't know if it's the Rift, because the Rift might be just the dev kit. I think it's the Oculus Crystal Cove. Prototype. The latest prototype. Ooh. Um, yeah, we got to try that out yesterday. Um, you used, you went through both of the, they had, this, this go around, they had two demos set up uh, to show, and just to be, I, I think Oculus is probably my, the best thing I saw as well. Or, or can you keep track of time for us, Norm, so we have 20 minutes before we have to be in the cab? Um, this Oculus prototype uh, was a 1080p OLED screen, Ooh. which is different from the dev kit, which is a 720p or 7, 1280 by 768, I think. Um, maybe 800, I can't remember. Uh, LCD. And it's also different from the prototype they showed at E3 last year, which was a 1080p uh, LCD. Mm. Um, they also had the faster head tracking sensors, gyroscopes and accelerometers, and they had this new uh, camera-based IR uh, positional tracking. So in addition to measuring your orientation in space, the orientation of your head, it also measured the position. Okay. Um, which, which fixed a lot of the things that I think made people feel bad right. previously. Like oh, cool, there's vacuuming outside. Yeah. 
Yeah. Actually, yeah, I meant to see the Oculus Rift, but it's quite popular. It's hard to get into. The, yeah. the, they, and they were only doing closed-door meetings. So. Yeah, I mean, one of our other guys wound up taking the meeting, uh, Jeff Morrison. Ah. But uh, It's yeah. worth going to take that meeting if you can it's, squeeze it into your calendar. I want to I wanna try it because it seems really cool. It's, um, so the, what, did you, what did you think about the new... We talked about it a little bit on the video, which is up on the site now, Norm. Um, and I don't have a whole lot to add to what, what we said at the end of that, but it was a market improvement. Um, I, I thought, and one of the things that they did say after or before the before the briefing, is that they found that when they they're putting you know they, they, as you use the Oculus, you kind of gain immunity or level up in your ability to use it for longer times, or at least most people seem to. So so you know at first you might use it for fifteen minutes at a time, and later right. on you'll use it for be able to use it for an hour or two. Um, it's like a standing desk. Exactly. Uh, they said with this, the, the the it seems like the initial window gets bigger with the with the more accurate head tracking. That makes sense. And the lower latency display. So. It's less of an uncanny valley effect. Uh, oh, it's more motion. It's more about motion. No, no, no. I, I mean, just like, I, I mean, not I like a literal uncanny say, valley about people, but like yes. you know, immersion breaking. Yeah, less, yeah. It, the, the, there's more of an illusion that you're actually present. Yeah. The, in the, the space. floor, the barrier to convincing right. virtual reality is very high. Well, yeah. The bar is very high, and there are a lot of things that go into it that display technologies just can't keep up with. So you have to kind of hash a lot of things together. Yeah. Um, and at, both in terms of the display, like the visual fidelity, and the latency, the head tracking. Yeah. So many little things, and they're inching closer. It's not just about you know their sub twenty millisecond latency. It's not just about resolution. It's there's there's a lot of it's about stopping, stopping the motion blur on the screen. And, yeah. and so they're incrementally moving, getting closer to that, and it doesn't look like they're there yet. So you know, forgive us for not being the, looking, sounding the most excited about the Oculus Rift. It's not because it's, it's not we're not excited. It's because we're, we're, still, we're still cautious about it. The Rift that um, we have is... And there's also mm -hmm. the software side. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff that they are, uh, are going to announce, I think, next week at Valve Steam Days. Um, there is a Valve Steam Days schedule in which... Um, the, one of their software, the head of software relations, developer relations uh, at Oculus is going to be speaking on day one. And Steam, mm. Steam Days is Valve's developer conference for PC games on Steam, right? Yep. Um, um, please so, use SteamOS. Please use SteamOS. So uh, in terms of That's the actual tech stuff in the Oculus, we did cover a lot of it in the video. Uh, the screen is now AMOLED. It looks like, we cannot confirm, but it really does look like a Samsung Pentel display. They seemed really keen on AMOLED uh, based on the ability to do quick, Pixel switching and so pixel um, switching time on AMOLED screen is almost it's like one millisecond yeah. mm -hmm. as opposed to the five to ten you get on an LCD and that's just the amount of time when we talk about LCD there are two parts there's the backlight mm -hmm. and then there's the actual uh, liquid crystal diode yeah. or yeah, display, yeah, yeah. that actually changes colors right um, and those pixels have three subpixels right or AMOLEDs are they're self lit. Mm -hmm. um, but the time it takes for the colors to switch is close to nil. Uh, but they're also adjusting the, uh, the the lighting aspect of it and uh, flickering and strobing the light um, faster than the pixel switching, faster than the refresh rate, uh, so that you get none of the jutter and smear. The right. thing, I, and I don't know if Nate talked about this in the in the interview because I was busy fighting bad guys in space. Um, but one of the things that you did notice is that turning your head quickly from side to side inside the goggles resulted in a lot less kind of streaky motion blur across stuff that's close to you. So, so yeah. describe the demos, the two um, demos. The two demos. One was a, the, the more boring of the two was the Unreal Engine demo 
uh, which was kind of almost like a tabletop. It looked like a tabletop game or like a D and D game kind of. Sure. They had a so, like a kind of mobile. yeah. It was a little bit like okay. yeah, or tower yeah, yeah, defense, yeah, okay. something like that. Yeah. They they had basically you across the table from a from a big giant monster. The monster was sending his minions through a maze, and you had to fire fireballs and arrows and stuff to kill them. Um, but the neat thing about this was it gave you something that wasn't a first person game, which is a little yeah. bit unusual with the Oculus, and you had the ability to kind of lean forward. And, and and like you could get you could put your head all the way into the game board That's or awesome. the area where the game was played and you could get up really close to people to can't see what the you're monsters. Doing, oh right. Yeah, so I'm, I'm yeah, yeah. literally bending <laughs> forward at the waist and yeah. putting my face lower down to towards the, the imaginary monsters. Yeah. And on, on the flip side you could also lean back yes. and see the entirety of that game board. And so it's a static environment that you're actually moving in and around. Kind of what we uh, cast AR wanted us to do with mm-hmm. their their demos. Um, and that's enabled by positional tracking, which is the other big innovation in uh, the Oculus uh, new prototype, the, Crystal Cove. The more impressive demo was Eve Valkyrie, which well, they... Well, talk about positional, positional tracking first. Well, we did at the mm-hmm. very beginning. Let me jot okay. in one sec. Uh, I meant to talk about it earlier. A big advantage of AMOLEDs that uh, you probably mentioned in the video is that blacks are true blacks. You can turn off yeah. the lighting on a subpixel level, so that helps, probably helps so with contrast the Contrast well. ratio was Great. amazing. Yeah, and, awesome. Uh, I mean, Epic's a partner with, with Oculus, so... The Real Engine 4 stuff looked really good. Yeah. Um, the brightness looked great, and the Pentel display, uh, the Pentel subarrangement, which you can kind of tell because it's a little more diamond-like. Yeah, it's yeah. not exactly a diamond; it's like staggered. You know, big yeah, it almost looks like hexagons when you're yeah, exactly. when you're big subpixels. Really that in itself has its own screen door effect, but it's not your crisscross vertical yeah, screen yeah. door effect. And that just having a different arrangement, you're, it's clear you're looking at a screen, yeah. but not having the right angle screen door. Makes a big difference. It made yeah. stuff look a little less aliased than it does on a on a on the, especially on the dev. Yeah, because because so, yeah. pixels are less square. Well, yeah, well so. the uh, the it was really bright and really uh, the contrast was really great. Uh, it also was really bright, so it's definitely not something that I don't think you're gonna want to wear for more than two hours just because of pure like light shining into your eyes, yeah. eye strain. Well, you can also adjust the brightness on um, on the dev kit. At least you can turn the brightness up and down. So, um, Maybe so anyway, be able the, to put flux on it. You know, so at night you don't keep yourself oh. awake. Uh, um, maybe. Positional <laughs> tracking monitor, is yeah. done with an yeah. optical camera, and it turns out that it's likely uh, what people have surmised that it's a 30 FPS really cheap camera. Yeah. And uh, did you? It's just a. It looked like it's just a Logitech webcam, didn't it? It's, it's not a log. It's it's a cheap sourced camera. Okay. Um, and the way it works is you mount it on your wall, just like you would uh, like a Kinect sensor bar. Sure. It's, it's a small. Looks like a small webcam. And it's one camera, and it looks at um, looks at uh, LEDs, um, mm. infrared LEDs, on the placed strategically around the Oculus, around the, the front There's a grid sides. of LEDs on the on the chassis, oh, yeah. Oculus. It's the top and the bottom. That's clever. And so you have LEDs not only on the front, but also on the top and bottom. So that mm. allows you when you dip down, yeah. to know you're dipping down. Um, the LEDs are, are low powered and also relatively cheap. Uh, it's kind of like motion tracking that you get with with um, with Track IR. With, yeah, a little bit like Track IR, but also when like movie studios do character motion mm-hmm. tracking. Um, and you wear like the, the golf balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, except the modern technology, what they do is they actually strobe the, uh, the infrared LEDs in professional systems at different rates. Right. Uh, so the software algorithms can know which LEDs you're looking at. I don't think that... That's the same way the cast AR works? I, I don't... Th- she, I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I don't know if the Oculus does the strobing on the LEDs, um, on the infrared lights, uh, but it's basically just an optical sensor and yeah. uh, has a 
relatively limited field of view, so all the demos were you had to sit down, you couldn't stand up and do positional tracking, like you mm. can lean forward and lean back, and you can dip to the left and right, but you're gonna be within like this you know, 45 degree field yeah. of view of the camera. So um, the positional tracking was neat in the, in the um, Unreal Engine demo. It was really amazing in Eve Valkyrie. Um, so Eve Valkyrie is their space combat dog game, dogfighting yeah. game. So it's not like where Eve is a spreadsheet game and Dust right. is a first-person shooter. This is a, an action game. It's like space. X-Wing versus TIE Fighter. Pretty much, yeah, or Wing Commander. Sure. Or pick, pick, your, pick, your pick your game from the middle Picture Pick your game that they need yes. to remake. Exactly. <laughs> um, you sit down, start in a virtual cockpit, Battlestar Galactica style, in a launch tube. You hit the go button. It fires you down a tube very quickly. Uh, and then you're in a cockpit of a of a bubble canopy fighter. Oh. Uh, you can see the HUD on either side. You know the the control panels. Yeah. You can lean forward and look closer at the HUD. Look at the controls in front of you. Uh, look at the radar thing in front of you. All that kind of stuff. Um, and and the text. Unlike most of the games, like with the dev kit, I think the only game that we played that I was able to read text on were things that were specifically designed for Oculus. So, for example, the Lunar Flight Oculus mod, mm -hmm. which is like a, a LEM, right. you know, a, a, an Apollo-era LEM knockoff lander thing, had HUD elements you could read because the font was huge. Yeah. Um, but if you were in, say, Euro Truck Sim, you had no chance of reading anything that was on the screen anywhere, right. which made that game really hard to play. Huh. Um, this, this, you could read all the text, um, but more importantly, your head was completely free, not just, uh, like I said, not just the orientation, but you could even lean out and around to look behind you, Top Gun or Battlestar Galactica right. style, um, which was amazing. Mirrors. And became a, a viable actual uh, controls mechanism. That sounds... You're, you're, playing, you're using gamepad to yeah. this, play this game, and you're using the gamepad to pilot your, your plane, but like in yeah. Battlestar you know, Galactica or whatever, Flight Sim, you're... Looking around, using you, you have a reticle you, attached reticle, to your line yeah. of sight, right? And your line of sight becomes your auto target or your oh, nice. target lock, right? And it's, it's good in. that you're you're able to have independent systems for moving and shooting. Mm -hmm. A lot of games, like dogfighting games, fudge that a little bit, right? Well, and, or, they, or just you can only shoot straight where your nose is pointing. And and more importantly, well, you can only fire missiles with the with the lock on reticle. Sure, sure, the gun sure. sight was still yeah. locked ahead, um, but more importantly, you could. Instead of having to do the thing where you hit next target, next target, or nearest yeah. target, or whatever, yeah. you could literally just turn around, look above you and behind you, That's... and see where you, where the next guy was, or you know track the target that passed you yeah. as you're turning to turning to come to fire. I'm so sold on this. Really, really cool. I think yeah, simulations um, like that are where Oculus is really going to be. At and least at first, yeah, I think yeah, first yeah. wave stuff. And it's yeah. a demo where having the uh, low persistence of vision uh, was essential because. Uh, if you didn't have the smear removed and the jutter removed, yeah. or minimized at least, then you couldn't look around. You, it yeah. wouldn't be viable to have yeah. to have your look, your your mouse look, be aiming. Yeah, I, I, I and also the contrast was great because the black star field looked really oh, black, yeah. and you know it was really pretty. Um, the there was let's see, they didn't give a refresh rate for the flicker remove, you know, for the for the on-off screen actions strobing. they do for strobing, they do for each uh, pixel refresh. But I didn't see any flicker. I don't know, did you see flicker, Norm? I absolutely not flicker. They did say that if you put a high-speed high camera to that screen, you would see Well, flickering. always, right? Well, um, yeah. But it, it was not noticeable. And the way they, they, they found, they, what they said was a good balance between the strobing of the backlight 
or the lights yeah. of the AMOLED, yeah. and also the, the increased frame rate. So a lot of people are like, oh, you know, Samsung has a 1440p, uh, similar size, smartphone size uh, OLED coming out, or maybe we're going to get a 4K OLED in Oculus in the future. And what they don't realize is Oculus needs to find that balance between game rendering also, because yeah. they're, they're buffering a lot on the PC side, even though they're rendering in 1080p, which yeah. is relatively low res and standard res. You still have to do it computer. twice. Right, you're doing it multiple well, times, and they're saying that you need yeah, to yeah. a buffer at you know, maybe 120 yeah. FPS. It's still multiple, it's multiple render ports, but it's still only one X resolution screen, because it's the screen is split oh, okay, with gotcha. optics in the middle, okay. and then combined in your, mm. in your brain. Um, so that's Oculus. I, I thought this was, I mean, obviously the Oculus demos get better every time that they roll out a new piece of hardware, but this one was was pretty amazing. Uh, they also talked a little bit about the publishing side. They're going to start publishing games um, uh, starting, I, I assume, around the time the product launches, right. uh, which is great because, you know, a piece of, like, it, it'll be great to have third parties build games for this, but I think, you know, Nintendo always makes the best games for Nintendo platforms. Yeah. I would hope that Oculus will will find a way to make some amazing yeah. games that maybe wouldn't exist otherwise. I really respect them for taking their time and just, like, picking away and picking away and picking yeah. away and waiting to release. Because so many, like, we've seen sort of very basic stuff like this. We've seen real bad stuff yeah. over the years. People just tossing stuff out and seeing what sticks. And I, I like that they're, you know, they've just keeping chugging away. Well, I, you know, I feel like they probably had a plan because if you look at the game dev cycle these days, yeah. it's, it's you know, 18, 12 months for franchise stuff that gets cranked out every year, right. 18 months for most stuff, and, and up to three or four years for some smaller titles and for yeah. some bigger titles like GTA. So if they want to have AAA games that support this hardware at launch, yeah. then then they had to have the dev kits out, and then they had to take 18 months or, or a couple of years between the dev kits and, and the first real titles, third-party yeah. titles shipping. So. The question is, when is the consumer version going to come out? And Man, they were hinting real hard. I, it, I mean, I would put money on it being, an uh, eggs on it being 2014 holiday. I, I wouldn't, if they missed 2014 holiday, I would be a little surprised. Uh, they also strongly implied that there will be game announcements throughout this year. So apparently at, in a GDC, Gadget interview. Steam OS, and uh, Steam Dev Days, and, and E3. Uh, and, and John Conrock is also working on games. They're, they're publishing oh, yeah. games. Yeah, yeah, that's Curating right. and publishing. Because he, he left id for this. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, Palmer Lucky, uh, in Gadget interview, did uh, strongly imply, or flat out right said, I haven't seen the interview yet, but that there would be a second developer version too. Hmm. Oh, good. So they're going to update with a with further advanced. With I mean, that makes sense because tracking or well, if I mean, even just a better screen will help people do UI elements so that they're right. I mean, right. positional tracking is the more important thing yeah. in terms of game development and yeah. getting in getting a dev kit out. Uh, I still think that. They, the reason they did optical positional tracking is because it was cheapest. Yeah. And I'm fine if they keep the price under $300. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, Sony also uh, announced that they would be doing head tracking. Did you, you tried HMZ. that yesterday, right? It didn't yes. look good, did it? It, looked, it? it not only looked, but it felt terrible. Is it, is it, is it, does it have optics that fill your field of view, or no, is it still the 80-foot screen 10 feet away, or whatever it is, 80-inch screen? If you're a, a motion sensor in a box, which is cheap to buy now. You can buy yeah. 6-axis, 9-axis yeah. uh, motion sensors on Alibaba by the yeah. thousands um, and just you know write, write code for it. Yeah. Uh, Bluetooth connected, and it just literally plugs into the back of the existing uh, HMZ T3-1 yeah. headset that Ooh. Sony sells for $1,000. 
Good God. Um, while we're talking about gaming stuff, we went to the uh, Valve Steam OS, uh, or Steam Hardware Box, actually, actually announcement on mm. Tuesday night, Monday night, I can't remember. It seems like a long time ago, but it probably wasn't that long ago. Um, must have been Monday night. And I uh, got to see, got, well, we got hands-on time with the Steam controllers for the first time. Oh, cool. Uh, which yeah, was right. which was good. They they announced a whole uh, ten or so boxes. I think it was yeah thirteen. Um, yeah, made by different vendors yeah. uh, in a wide variety of configurations, ranging from you know full fledged gaming PCs with multiple GPUs and the whole thing. Yeah, all the way down to little integrated graphics Nux or Nux or whatever. What what what's like Nux? the Intel NUC, the next unit of computing or the Gigabyte version? Yeah, of that. the Gigabyte, yeah, the, the bricks. Yeah, the, but nothing that's just a pure streaming solution. And no, yeah, no ARM based stuff, no pure streaming solutions at this point. That's probably for the best. Although I think I I, I would tend to say that the Intel integrated Nux, those boxes are probably pure streaming solutions. Yeah. Well, I mean, they've got the Iris Pro graphics, but that's still not as good as any. Well, it means you can play like low-fi low indie stuff, I would assume would be fine, but I don't think you'd want to yeah. play something like Bastion even on it. No, you could play Bastion on it. Well, I mean, you, you could play Bastion on an ARM Chromebook. You, you could play Bastion on it, whether you want to or not is a different thing. Um, especially it's if you want to play it. It's such a good game. It is a very good game. Um, yeah, so the hardware was interesting, but I, I mean, I think for me, I, you know, I, I've, I have... By the time I get home, there should be parts waiting for me for a low-power, small, Intel-based SteamOS machine. Yeah, we'll be building two SteamOS boxes this month, a uh, super low-power one, and then also and a, a real PC. Um, a reasonably priced um, PC. Um, Talking like a thousand bucks here? Yeah, under a thousand dollars. Yeah, right. both. I, the one I'm the low-power one should be yeah. a little bit che way cheaper than that, even. Right. Um, but the controller was interesting. Have you you haven't gotten to use the controller yet? No, no. It's the one thing I regret. I don't do much game stuff anymore. Fair enough. It's, yeah, it's so good to have a hobby. Nathan, you, you yeah. wrote um, a bunch of columns over this last year about the problem with <laughs> living room PCs, living room, living room PCs, and control mechanisms. And yeah, did a bunch of research about what people do, and it turns out, you know, for, for keyboard and mouse, it's if you want to get keyboard and mouse, it's it's difficult. There's not good solutions, you, really. You, you take a a TV tray and put your keyboard on it and you put your mouse on it and then, you know. And, the, and then there's fancy solutions which are that but $300. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the fundamental problem is that it's a it's a lean forward experience, yeah. keyboard and mouse, and the couch is fundamentally lean back. Lean back, well, exactly. And, and even, even once you get, even if you get a keyboard and mouse solution that's good, the types of games that are keyboard and mouse only are typically going to be designed for you to be sitting a few feet away from the monitor, yeah. so you won't be able to read the text if it's yeah. a text-heavy game like Civ Five or something like that. With the Oculus Rift. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Um, so uh, when they, the Valve guys were designers were de uh, making the game controller, the Owl, I guess we even call it the Owl in our, in our video. Oh, because of the eyes. Yeah, they don't. They call it the Owl. owl? No, it's oh. the, what the, the gaming press is. Adopt the hip gaming press. Oh, oh, the cool cats. Only the hip. I don't read those sites. So who, are I the, don't know. who are the cool cats? I don't want to call people out. Yeah. Okay. I might live with them. Um, one. Uh, it's Evan, right? It's not Evan. Oh. I know um, who it is. I know who it is too. Uh, okay. So when they were designing yeah. that, they they basically said they wanted everything you were able to do with the uh, with the keyboard mouse, uh, including all your shortcut buttons. They mm -hmm. right. wanted to pack as many buttons as they could into a two-handed game controller. And so, uh, just in terms of buttons, there are a lot of buttons. Yeah. You have, in the back, you have your, your two triggers on each side. You have paddles underneath the controller. It's a bumper, and that trigger is going to be analog. It isn't on the, on the, dev, on the beta versions of that And controller. then on the top of the gamepad, not only will it have a touchscreen, but you're going to have 
four buttons around the touchscreen. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! And also below that, three buttons. One that kind of is like your spacebar button. Gotcha. Or, or, or I mean, it's bumped button. into Steam right now. Yeah, yeah. This, it pulls up the Steam overlay right now. Um, it looks like a spacebar. And then there's also another set of paddles underneath the the That's handles. Yes. Yeah. So in yeah. addition to two triggers, yeah. you have you have basically a wide paddle for your your pinky and your ring finger. Yeah. Uh, to tap. So okay. your every finger will have a button basically that That's you good. can tap and more. But also the two the two touchpads also have directional buttons. Mm. Um, and that was a big thing we wanted to try out was what the touchpad experience felt like. Right. And the biggest thing is that your grip on the gamepad is very different than your grip on a uh, your natural grip on I, a PlayStation gamepad and an Xbox gamepad. Right. Um, if you if you hold like, your hands out and everyone's holding their see, hands out, everyone's holding are. your hands out right now. If you hold your hands out, the natural resting position of your hands is your thumbs are kind of straight out, and your wrists are a little more straight when you hold this. So when you hold the, the Xbox gamepad, your wrists are kind of bent up. When you, when you hold the Xbox gamepad, and this was kind of straight. Your your wrists are definitely bent up, and so your th your thumb pad your uh, thumbs are straight and resting on top of yeah. thumbsticks. Right. Because you pull back on them away from yeah. the center, and they bounce back. Yeah, it's resistive. Yeah, um, that's how, and it's very relatively low travel. Uh, your thumbs are not moving that much. Your thumbs are bending. Yeah. very comfortable. That's that's ergonomics on basic ergonomics on a gamepad. Yeah, Microsoft and PlayStation have perfected it. Yeah, uh, with the Steam controller, because it's not resistive, mm. you're not moving a, a nub that's raised above. The thumb actually almost works as like a finger on a. The thumb is the thumb is the stick. Kind Thumbs of. have your a lot thumb of work to do. Becomes the stick, becomes a finger on a, on a touchscreen yeah. almost, and you're drawing with your thumb, the tips of your thumbs, mm. as opposed to the the padding of your thumb, the tips of your thumbs. People looking position. at weird calluses. Right yeah. on on, and people are like, "What if we have long nails? It can work on these circular game pads that are about like two inches, right. two like inches, two and a half inches, I think, two yeah. and a half inches in diameter." Um, so the challenge for that is when you're the the game pads also you're holding it higher up so as opposed to your wrist being bent up your mm. wrist, wrist is more horizontal. Interesting. I, I didn't find that to be I found that to be much more comfortable in the 15 minutes we. You can hold your pad. arms. I mean, like in any angle, so you're yeah. not necessarily like positioned up. And there's a, a larger ball your uh, the palm, ah. uh, so to cup your wrist so that your thumbs. Can brace down, and they did uh, raise the angle in the design of their uh, gamepad, the touchpad, so your thumbs aren't pushing straight down. They're That's kind of good. pushing at a at a, at like a, a slope. angle, a slope, a little bit of yeah. a slope. Um, but the real tricky thing is that you're going to be looking at a screen and not looking at your thumbs. Right. And so you want your natural thumbs, your hands, to know where your thumbs are touching relative to this this circle. Right. This so two and a half. How do they do that? Circle. There's there's a couple of concentric rings on each okay. circle, uh, and then also there's there's feedback the moment you touch the mm. the device. So there's a, a what you call a linear actuator underneath that pushes back everywhere you touch. Oh, cool! It kind of pulses. Yeah, and it pulses at different frequencies depending on where you are on the circle. So oh, cool. out, outer ring then it it's pulses slower, slower or faster. Actually, or the outer is faster, inner is slower. Okay. Inner is slower, but it, when you're right in the center, then it's almost like a gentle pulsing. Yeah. But as you move, the faster pulsing lets almost—it's not like—it's not resistance. It's but not, it's it's feedback. It's it, feedback. it lets you know yeah. where your finger, like, within two minutes of picking it up, I could tell where my finger was relative to the center of the pad and yeah. and recenter. Now the problem comes when you lift your finger off of, like, say, the yeah. movement the movement pad, and then you put it back down. You're not going to hit it directly in the center. Yeah. So when I was playing Portal, 
I would put my, I was on a platform over deadly, deadly lava. I put my finger down after lifting it up and I always in, inevitably took two steps to the left <laughs> and fell into the, into the soup. Right. Um, so, I mean, like th there's, there's a lot of kinks. I was shocked that they had exclusively um, first person shooters on the floor. They, like, they, they were only demoing with shooters. Trying. Oh, Trine was there? Trine. It's a oh, platform I didn't see Trine. Yeah. So, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how something like Civ Five works. That's that's really the big or like question a, or for me. Or, or a MOBA. RTSs or yeah, Dota yeah. or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's... it's Stuff that people normally use mouse and keyboards for. It, it became really clear to me using it that I don't think that this is something that they're going to... That they expect to replace gamepads with. Yeah. I think that this is something you'll... If you have a living room PC, it's probably worth investigating is assuming it turns out to be okay i mean i i'm not this sure. is not a purchase recommendation yeah. but you know if you have a living room pc this could very easily supplement for games that don't have gamepad support yeah and there are you know I, I play most of my pc games in the living room now there are a ton of games that don't have gamepad support yeah for no reason other than nobody bothered. it was a little developer who yeah. made something in three weeks and he just he plays with a mouse and keyboard yeah um so so yeah, but I, I don't I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think you're going to see the winning team at the international next year playing with Steam controllers no. or people in Korea ditching their keyboards and mouses to play StarCraft with this thing. No, um, but... as long as there's money in it. Uh, well, right. Yeah. The other thing they were showing is uh, maybe there'll be a Steam controller league yeah. at the international next year. Was the customization on the Steam controller? Um, so if you hit that spacebar button, you can pull up the menu and. Not only remap all the buttons, but adjust dead zones and sensitivities and acceleration on the touchpad, um, as well as share your configurations and download other people's. Which, which, um, that's going to be huge. Yeah, they treat it just like any object in a Steam shop. Yeah. So yeah. Instead of you know hats, you have. I mean, yeah, just profiles. to just well, to do the initial population of uh, you know default maps for games. Twelve thousand games or whatever. Yeah, exactly. On Steam now. Crowdsource yeah. it. And then the ones that are that good. That is real. I think it's it's a real slippery slope because last thing I want before playing a game is to have experiment with six different control schemes. I, my, no, but right my, off the bat, it'll be handy. I mean, the way the Steam Workshop stuff works, though, too, like they're pretty good at surfacing stuff that's interesting. At least yeah. on the games that have trap that people are playing. Yeah. Um, I think if you get deep into the library and start playing like you know five year old games, it's right. probably not going to be as good. But but. It, you know, my hunch would be that once the community started filtering out yeah. good profiles, somebody at Valve was going to go through and try and be like, "Okay, this is the one we're designating. Yeah. The we're blessing this one." Yeah. And you know, there you go. The other thing is that no one played that the Steam controller at the Valve event for more than fifteen minutes. Right. That, that's minutes. the big question. Yeah. So you have no idea of thumb fatigue if you're like really yeah. moving both thumbs real fast. You might be really good, you know, a month in with coordination. Yeah. But your, your thumb is still. It, it's still a lot more movement than you would crumble well, tunnel in your thumb. I mean, I think about the way I use the trackpad on my laptop, though, and I'm almost always one left hand on the the home keys, right hand moving between the home yeah. keys and the, bringing the thumb down to, yeah. to swipe. So I don't I don't think. I mean, I could be wrong. I did used to play games with a trackball, and that was a really damaging experience. I did that for a while. Yeah, it's real bad for you. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, especially shooters. Um, but that's so that's the Steam stuff. The the machines. I mean, we'll see. You can download the OS now. Of course, that happened I yeah. think, over the break while we were while we were gone. Yeah, I'm going to do that when I get home. I think I've got um, an old little small phone. See, it has guy. to be a UEFI machine. So uh, well, then I can't. That's the that's the gotcha. Um, 
I might but, have an AMD chip that can do it. There, there you go. There, there's specific requirements. Before you don't go download and start wiping yeah. machines, you should look at the requirements. Um, let's see what else we want to talk about. We saw some cool 3D printer stuff. Uh, the MakerBot's got a couple new ones. Yeah, the MakerBot stuff seemed kind of incremental. Yeah. Um, at least the things that I think people buy. The the low-end machine that they're pitching is for schools and kids. It's like $1,400. It's $1,400, bucks, which is a lot. If it is actually as turn, turnkey as they're claiming it is... Yeah. Um, then that's that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't know if it's going to be. Tur- I mean, we we won't know if it's going to be turnkey for a while. Uh, they seem. Bree. We talked to Bree yesterday, and he actually said, "Look, we know that leveling the build plate is a fucking boondoggle." Um, you know, because when you're talking about, especially when you're printing at 100 microns. Yeah. Getting that build platform level is. It, it means Crucial. you have to be really precise across the entire thing. Yeah. If it goes, if it slopes up, then you're going to scrape, or your yeah. stuff's not going to stick. Um, so they 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 seem to have worked on that. I mean, it does still look like a lot of incremental improvements. I'm I'm actually with 3D printers. I'm kind of okay with that because there's so few that have been sold still. Yeah. That I think most people who are buying this are probably buying their first. You know, I, I don't like incremental upgrades, um, but I think most people who are into the 3D printer market are probably buying their first 3D printer now, not upgrading every year. Right. Um, and if you have a replicator two or a replicator one, and you're oh, they're worth the roller coaster. Um, and if you and if you know how to operate and know how to level the build platform yeah. at this point, you're okay. You don't yeah. you, like you're they're not they're, we're not seeing any resolution improvement on these new printers. Yeah. Well, point the entry level is two hundred microns anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, the entry level one's two hundred microns. He said you could tweak that down okay. once you once you get to the point that you once want you get to. Good. Like, yeah, you know if we know the problems are the, the very components are very like compartmentalized. It's extruder build platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, electronics and like instead of selling new machines every year, you know, sell a better build platform. Yeah, sell yeah. the build platform upgrades for the replicator two. Well, but the replicator two, in order oh, no, to the do the build two, platform, that, you have to take that, the whole machine apart. Yeah, so that yeah. that is that that machine. But going forward, I feel like, like this is the direction they're moving. Probably like, but looking at the new replicator and looking at the the mini one, those didn't seem like they would be upgradable either. Well, then both of the build platforms and both of the extruders are removable. Um, they also are doing new electronics. I don't think he would say which chipset they're running, but it's a dual core something running at a few hundred megahertz, uh, which means that they're able to connect it to the internet now. So you're able right. to monitor your um, build progress and stuff like that as the as the, as it progresses. So that theoretically, I could start something printing before I come to the office. Yeah, and it's ready when I get there, or leave it running when I leave and see if it completes. There's even a camera inside which will take pictures of it, so you can get constant updates. I at different points over the few years, I've set up webcams that aim at the MakerBot, yeah. just so I know, you know, whether shit's gone haywire yeah. as I've been gone. Um, they're all PLA machines. The small one is fourteen hundred bucks, and it's a, it it has a build size about the same as the as the original cupcake, which is yeah. I think it's like four inches by, by four inches by six inches. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say centimeters. Yeah, so it's like yeah. ten by ten. Doll by... furniture. Yeah, doll furniture. Teach your kids how to use this stuff. Um, the new replicator, which is the just the replicator ass replicator, yeah. I guess, is again a PLA printer. Um, it has a glass build plate, which I think is a big a big step forward for them. Yeah. They've always been metal before. Uh, glass is nice because you don't have to put stuff on it in order to print. Yeah. It's a little scary because if you if you crash the print head into the printer, um, you know that's bad. Yeah. Uh, he he. We didn't get to walk through it, but he described the new leveling mechanism. And there's actually a Hall effect sensor on the print head now. Mm. A Hall effect is a magnet sensor, basically. So once, but it require it has to be very close, and it's a very thin tolerance for on off. 
on, on a Hall Effect sensor. So apparently they put magnets or Hall, either magnets or sensors in the build platform. Yeah. And once the once the print head, you know, it, when you put it in the leveling mode, instead of saying slide a business card between the, the print head and the, yeah. and the platform, it says, okay, twist this knob until we tell you to stop. And then if you go too far, it says go back. You've gone too far because mm. it's using an actual sensor to know yeah, how yeah. far from the print head the, the build platform is. Smart. Seems like a huge improvement yeah. if it actually works. Um, and then they also have an enormous printer for, um, you know, Bree said we, we built this for people who want to actually use stuff that's 3D printed. So for cosplayers and yeah. architects and stuff like that. Um, it's big enough to print a helmet that you can put on in one piece. That's impressive. Um, and they've tweaked the software to the point that Supposedly, there's snap-off um, support Although structures and stuff like that. The helmet they had, in one, if you're going to watch our video, which isn't up yet, uh, that was not done in one piece. That was not the one that was done in one piece, yes. no. The uh, Stormtrooper one that he pulled out during the keynote was a one piece, or Iron Man, I can't remember, was a one piece, I think it was Iron one Man. piece helmet. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you can, or at least the, the back, the main part of the helmet was, yeah. the visor might not have been. Yeah. Um, you can... Uh, Helmets are always tr have always been tricky in the past, also because they require a lot of support structure. Yeah, you know, it's hard to do overhangs with a with a fused yeah. deposition three D printer, um, and the new version of the latest version of the software supposedly does snap off support structures, which seem really good. Man, those people yeah. are having fun on that roller coaster. They sure are. I loved hearing that all night every night. I bet. That was fantastic. Um, it's better than the. Uh, the the pirates outside Treasure Island. That is definitely Murphy. <laughs> Mike Brown, one year, and Murphy were sharing a room when we stayed at the Treasure Island. And when Murphy checked in first, they said, oh, do you have any requests on the room? Meaning non-smoking. And Murphy said, yeah, I'd love to be on the pirate side so I can watch the pirate show from my hotel room. <laughs> and I thought Mike Brown might kill him. Because uh, that goes until like 1 o'clock in the morning every night. To be fair, if you've ever shared a room with Gordon... Yeah, it's like sharing a, a room with a running chainsaw. Yeah, yeah we. Yeah, I, he's Gordon snores louder than I do, Norm. Um, Jesus okay, so uh, we also saw we also saw some three D printers from three D Systems. Uh, Norm got in a three D photo booth and is going to get an action figure of himself made uh, that features his likeness. Uh, we'll have a video about that video. We'll wait until we actually get the action figure to do that, but it should be up in a couple of weeks. Um, and then I talked to people who make 3D printers for candy, which Ooh. was pretty cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so um, 3D System makes the, makes the um, so rather than using fused deposition or one of the light curing 3D printer technologies, they, they have, um, it's almost like an inkjet where they print a little layer of glue on top of a bed full of, sand sandstone mm. or uh, you know material that's yeah, a, yeah, yeah. that's the bulk of the items and then they lower that down a fraction mm. of a of a of a millimeter and then they do another layer and then they lower that down a fraction so instead of raise, rising up from the bottom of the platform these these start on the platform and then sink down into a bed of material that's basically cool. it's really cool they're doing it with sugar uh, or mm. cocoa powder and all sorts of other stuff um, and then ink jetting out water and flavors and cocoa butter to make sugar candy. You're okay, Nathan. You can go ahead and cough. I... <coughs> Sorry. Um, <clears throat> to add to uh, to make candy, so they can make chocolate. They can make kind of a sugar candy. Um, I tasted the chocolate. What what you had the sugar candy? Norm. It was real. Uh, it crumbled real easily. Well, that and, doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And um... it was kind of like fondant. Is what the sugar candy felt like. Okay. This, uh, this one was flavor was uh, it was the sour candy. Okay. So it was like pixie sticks. 
Um, but then uh, my worry was the uh, the aftertaste and once you got sugar dissolved, like whether the yeah. adhesive re residue would be there, and it's it was just sticky like like candy. So with this stuck to your teeth. With the sugar candy, I think there was no adhesive. It was just water that was blasting out. Yeah. Um, was the texture, was it kind of like uh, rock candy? Or? It was more rock candy than powder, so okay. not as fine as as, um, as powdered sugar, but um, but definitely finer than like Pop Rocks. Okay. Um, for the chocolate, it was, it, was, um, it was almost like when you leave chocolate frosting out overnight and it gets yeah. kind of, it Hard. almost turns into like a, like a, like a meringue kind yeah. of consistency. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but uh, much more porous. Um, and was a, it seemed like it was a little less delicate than the, the candy. By the way, when you dropped that candy and it exploded, that's, most no, of it went in my bag. Don't don't say so, don't, don't. That's yeah. the best part of the video. You know what, uh, okay, never mind then. Disregard that. to me. What we might be a little jaded. Uh, CES was kind of boring this year. What did you see? Oh, 1080p 3D vision uh, yeah. with location tracking and 3D printed candy. Robot made candy. Next, what's next? Robots making robots. You monsters. Um, <laughs> So yeah, any, any other high points, guys? What, what else? What else? Um, you, uh, no, I, wish, I wish I had more time to, to walk the floor, and uh, I didn't. I, you, you see a very fra small fraction of it. Um, I played a couple of pinball design, games. Oh yeah, the Star Trek uh, Stern one. Stern Pinball was there. Did uh -huh. an interview with Stern Pinball, uh, the guy who founded Stern Pinball. There was a Wizard um, of Oz table on the floor someplace. That's just, exciting. Just yeah, I mean, it's, it was really fun. I, I played a couple of games there. Uh, I wanted to see more drone stuff. They didn't have a chance to really look out for, for drone stuff. You, some... you did get to fly a quadricopter, though. Yes, but I want to see yeah. more. There's a lot of smart home stuff this year, I noticed. There's a lot of smart home stuff. Um, like smart locks are like three months from having a huge crowded field with the Goji in the August. And I saw the Goji. It looks really good in real life, actually. Is that one of the ones that you clamp onto the back of your existing door? Or do you have to replace it goes your existing on, deadbolt? It goes on... You replace your existing deadbolt, but you can use the same cylinder. Okay. So you don't have to change locks or anything. So you don't have to change the outside, you just change the inside. Yeah. Uh, okay. You're changing the outside, not the not the actual cylinder. Like, you don't have to Got it. change I, keys, I basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, it looks really cool. Huh. I'm always I'm a little afraid of those just because like I don't think I would trust them to lock the door. I trust them to unlock it. Yeah. But but the I've been testing that smart uh, smart things kit yeah. for a while, and we were gonna do a video, and then it started acting weird, so yeah. I kind of pulled back. Um, but yeah, it's a little inconsistent. It's inconsistent to the point that I don't think I trust it yeah. with shutting my garage door or locking the door. Is smart things Z-Wave or is it Zigbee or it's everything? It's everything. So oh, that's it pulls right, right. like the neat, the reason it's interesting is it pulls. Uh, Z-Wave, it's mostly Z-Wave, um, Zigbee, all sorts of other stuff. How are, okay. are we out of time? Okay, so... Time to wrap up? Um, so yeah, any other last CES thoughts, Norm? I think we'll continue a CES cast part next week um, after I do some digestion about... Ruminating, stuff. yeah. Need to think about it. I, I want to read other people's on, coverage, yeah. See, yeah. What, uh, see what other people found. Um, it's the internet in this hotel has been abominable, so we haven't we've had a hard time even posting the the shortest videos. Yeah. Um, Nathan, anything else from you? I'm glad to be leaving the desert. <laughs> I'm chapped in places I never thought you could get. Chapped. Did you enjoy Lotus of Siam? I did. It was very good. I'm glad you did. Had you never been before? No. Oh. This was my year. This was my moment. What, what did you guys have? Everything. Yeah. Did you order the chef's Chef the chef's menu. menu? Yeah. Good, good move. Um, I want more. I want more now. Yeah, I'd kind of, I would, I'd stop on the way out of town if they were open. Um, so yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, we'll be back with another uh, podcast next week, and still untitled. We'll return either next week or the week following, depending on Adam's schedule. He's pretty busy right now. Um, thank you guys for listening, and hope everybody had a good New Year. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Cue the music. Hey!
either. I didn't see him. <laughs> Look, that pig has wheels. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes.